The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Because you're quite new. Mm. You might not know about that or not know about the history. 100%. Um, yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time I was there, Angela must have been like, box box. And I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Welcome back to the Pit Stop Podcast. It is, we've just watched Monza. Mm-hmm. It's Sunday evening. This is going to be a bonus episode, I think. Yeah, yeah, bonus ep. Today's a special ep, once again. Yeah, we've got a guest on the sofa today. A guest that we met out at the Dutch Grand Prix for the first time. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mabdul. Thank hey, you hey, for being hey, here, hey. my man. Let's Thank go. you for having me. How are you guys doing? Yeah, Ledge, you just watched the race as well. Yeah, um, interesting race. Interesting race. Yeah, man. I can't, I can't believe they finished under a um, safety car. First time we've ever seen that. Do you know what? It's a bit of a shame, I think, for like the entertainment value, but they needed to sort it out, right? Because yeah. of last year. I think everyone was just looking at it like FIA, like, hey, what are you like, going to do now? So, <laughs> yeah. It, it literally was the same situation as the end of last year, right? But last year they let it go. And mm. then what did they do? What, did they, what even happened at the end of last year? How do you even describe what happened at the end of last year? Robbery. Max, Max won. Yeah. Controversially then, as well. So why so. didn't they do that today? Because I thought they were going to red flag it and go to it. Like, I think like in the end, I, f- I think I read the press statement. They said like, you know, the rules are the rules. So they stuck to the rules this time. So, yeah. Fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Well, they made a lot of changes, didn't they? To like who's who's in charge and all that. So yeah, they must have like decent people. Because it, it was Michael Massey before, wasn't it? And he, he obviously made some decisions which people weren't too <laughs> fucking fond of. So, but no, bro, what's going on? How how's your week been, man? And it's been nice back in London after touring for so long. So it, it just feels good to be back with like friends and family, back in East London. Yeah, it just feels good. Yeah, we met you out at the Dutch Grand Prix. Yeah, um, might be a good little insight straight away if you just tell the people what it is you do. Um, summarize that because we met you out there over camera taking some sick yeah. pics. So my name is Mohammed Abdul, go by Mabdul. I'm a photographer, content creator, director, and I'm touring with one of the drivers for Formula One and started this season. So it's been quite an interesting year. I think I've done about like 14, 15 maybe races. So it's been a very long year. That's <laughs> unbelievable, man. So you started this year, like yeah, this time. season. Same as us. Um, I feel bad because prior to this, I was not a Formula One fan. Um, People are going to hate me for this. Nah, bro, you're safe here. Yeah. That's the same as our pod. We only started at the beginning of this year. Yeah, true. And we didn't even watch it before that. I feel like the best fan started this year. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yeah, got a job offer and I was like, yeah, I'd love to do this. And now I'm a diehard um, Formula One fan. So wait, a, form- a job offer to work in Formula One comes in and you you don't know anything about it? Nope. <laughs> like, I think, I, I think um, the idea was because they've seen my work from previous stuff I've done in London. Yeah. And to try to come to the sport because, you know, it's, it's grown like crazy thanks to Drive to Survive and everything. Mm-hmm. So trying to document it in a completely different way from the way I try to do it is like there's fans that have been like long term fans and people that are just joining the sport, but people that don't know about the sport. So trying to document it in a way that's open and bringing like a fresh new lens and angle to it. Yeah. 
What work had you done before? Hadn't you, who do you say you worked with? Yeah, mate, I was going through your website earlier and like straight up, it was like Nike, Adidas, Beats by Dre, fucking Stormzy. Yeah. Like, that's that's a sick resume before even getting big into names, the F1. Big brands. I know, and now from Long. Yeah. Um, now nah, I think I um, grew up in London, East London, just started taking photos of like friends, family, people in the streets of London. Before I knew it, started to get job offers. Started working with Adidas, Stormzy, Victoria Beckham. And yeah, one Victoria Beckham just yeah. just dropped in. <laughs> Bloody hell! But yeah, one thing just led to another, and it's been like an interesting journey. Was there like a first piece? Was there like one thing you did that just then opened doors uh, to everything else? I think like this is early Instagram days back in 2015 yeah. when Instagram was just going out, posting pretty photos. I think I started to get a lot of traction. Did a fake shoot for Adidas that went viral, and then got hired from Adidas after that. That's like, what, yeah. so you set up like a whole... A whole fake campaign. And then I think that's how I first got into like a the fake. brand as well. So what, fake you had the idea and like filmed and come up with yourself and then put it yeah. online like, and they saw like it. Like Starfake F1 podcast and you know, it sounds like a bit... But like similar to things, I think I just wanted to like do things and obviously you don't have the opportunity or budget. So I just decided to do it for myself. Yeah. Mm. That's unreal, man, to get that's picked up bold. from that. And then, so you found out about Formula One, when's that, like six months ago? Something. Yeah, I think I got the job offer in like February, January, just okay. before um, Bahrain. And then what What was it from that on Google or what's Drive Survive? Or? Oh, no, I actually didn't watch Drive to Survive because I was kind of like, I want to be oblivious going into it. Fair, like, fair. I want to experience it firsthand. And I think that's better because like Drive to Survive is like, you know, televised and it's very like, you know, storyline yeah, yeah, driven. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I wanted to experience yeah, yeah. it with like a fresh set of eyes. I told myself I'll watch it afterwards. Still haven't, but yeah. It's you just, still haven't watched it. Wow. Watched so you've still probably, you've got a very different mindset and perspective on it to probably what we have. Because yeah, we're all so new fans, but all we know is basically Drive, Survive and this season. Whereas you probably only know what you've seen. Mm -hmm. I feel like, give, give it like once the race is done, end of the year, end of the year, I'll start watching Drive to Survive. But I was like, let me experience the whole season now. I pretty much know about everything. So I was like, let me then watch everything else after. Yeah. That's large. What's been like the, the, the biggest like surprise to you about F1? Um, the, the mechanics and the teams. I thought, um, you know, football and everyone's like, what do you think of shit, Tottenham? I thought, like, you know, everyone would be <laughs> You're fat. not still bad. Yeah, 100%. 100%. 100%. Too, let's go. Me too. No. You're like, you have to say well, that now. I yeah. thought you were going to say no hashtag. Um, but yeah, I thought everyone would have been like, you know, proper football mentality. But everyone's like friends. Everyone's like, you know, all the mechanics grew up together. They go karting together. Like, it's like a really nice big family. Yeah. But then when you think about it, everyone's on the road for almost the whole year. So, you know, mm -hmm. everyone's friends. That's one of the things we, we've loved about this pod. We've like given a bit of a light to the people in the garage. Like when we had Callum on and Brad on and other people within the sport, they don't usually get to talk. <laughs> yeah. But that's where the cool stories come from, like you. Like producing content for F1. Like we see you out there when we're... Where were we when they were going out to the podium and you're just standing there taking pictures of stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah, in the pit you're, lane. You're in this world that millions of people around the world would dream to work in. And I feel kind of bad about that. Like, you know, a guy that's <laughs> not into F1 jumps into it. But I think um, it's been nice because I feel like coming to the sport with, like, a new fresh eyes, fresh perspective is kind of nice. And um, with that, like, it's easier for more fans and people to get into because I think most of the other... I guess photographers or content people are very much like driver heavy, whereas I'm trying to show like the experience, the vibe, how it is, the pit lanes, the garage, mm -hmm. the mechanics, trying to show everything around F1, not just the drivers, because it's, 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 it's um, the sports for the fans, not just for the drivers. That's it, man. That's kind of what we're doing as well. This is a good fucking collab. Like, yeah. Decent setup. <laughs> might, might come in more often. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, bro. 
What does a race weekend look like for you then? Like, um, what, like from the so do you get there like on the Thursday or like Friday? Are you there? Usually the Wednesday or Thursday early morning. Um, pretty hectic and crazy schedule. I feel like we just don't sleep. Um, yeah, we've noticed that. Yeah. We haven't slept over the week. Honestly, I don't know how you boys do it. Like, It's crazy. I feel like um, it made me realise just how hard working the whole team and everyone is. The schedule is crazy, but everybody just loves their job. Everyone's putting in 110%. It's like a really good environment. I feel like, you know, if you work at a job and you don't like the people you're working with or the job, then, you know, you find it very demeaning. Whereas mm. this, like, everybody loves it. The energy and spirits is great. Like you come in, everyone just puppet cheery and happy. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. This is nice. <laughs> it's sweet. There is such an amazing vibe of in in the paddock. I think my opinion on it is because everyone is see you'll see the same faces over yeah. and over again. Like everyone knows each other so well. We've noticed that even we've only been in the paddock like well, I say four times. It's still pretty fucking cool. Yeah. But we you, never ever mentioned that either. Like. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool that you see the same people over over and over again. Do you, have you become friends with like a lot of the drivers? Uh, <laughs> like <laughs> with what you're allowed to say, <laughs> yeah, like really good friends of a couple of drivers, like b- busted a couple of jokes with them, but it's kind of crazy. Like you guys have seen it, like in a paddock, you just you literally just the drivers literally just walk past you, like yeah. you know, it's yeah. kind of crazy. Like some of the richest men in the world, and they're literally just walking past you like an average human being. They probably all want like, your pics. Hmm? They probably all want pics from you. I know, hundred <laughs> percent. No, but um, I don't know. It's kind of interesting that like the. The way the paddock works, I kind of wish people showed out more how like the drivers are just all chilling and mechanics. Everybody's just in this like little bubble together. Yeah, you definitely wouldn't know that from like watching it on TV. They don't show all of that. You know, that's one thing we wanted to do mainly in the fan area though. Mm-hmm. We wanted to like take the grid walk out to the fan zone. Like we oh, want to be walking be around the fan zone with a mic and like mm. showing what people are doing before the race. Cause I think that's the funnest thing. Cause I feel like the paddock's great, but going into the fan zone, seeing the fans, that is, it's, it's just jokes. You see all like the crazy fans, you see the cool fans, you see all the fans that like proper dress up. You see the guys that are there for like a bender. You see the the families going on like a family outing, which is cute. Yeah, there's a lot of different vibes of people yeah. there, isn't there? I've noticed that. Like you see all walks of life, which is kind of great. Yeah. Completely different to like football where you'd have separated fans. Like everyone's just in one place together. Everyone's part, well, obviously at the Dutch Grand Prix, it was just all orange. But yeah, oh, mate, it was a sea Oh, but they came with crazy energy. Like the oh Dutch fans, God. like as controversial as everyone feels about the Dutch fans, like these guys are actually fun. Like they're jokes, they love to party. They're energetic and they're actually the only ones that sing along and cheer. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is kind of jokes. Yeah, today was all Ferrari. You were at, were you at Silverstone? No, Silverstone. That Silverstone was, was nuts. That was one of our, that was like our first ever home British Grand Prix. Yeah. And we found, that, we found that loads of people that met us who had watched our pod, they were all brand new to the sport this year as oh, well. Oh, nice. So there's like such a wave of new people. But you're, mm. you must be one of the newest in the paddock of someone like who hasn't watched Formula One. I think, like honestly, I feel like the from our team there's a couple of new people, but I feel like I'm the only one that's like literally just come into the sport like hi, <laughs> like literally. But um, even I've noticed like the fans, there's a lot of new young fans that are in the sport. Um, I guess it's kind of daunting for them because it's kind of like you know big sport. There's all these old school OGs and they're coming in like these little little fans so i really try my best to like look after these little kids and you know spoil them if i can because i feel like there's so many like little young fans especially the ones on twitter now they're the ones like controlling the whole space yeah Mm. well that's how we met we started speaking because we'd done um we'd done some film with joshua bagembe and you'd seen that what was your involvement in that so oh josh is amazing oh man josh was such a little bit and his family is so cool man like following his journey for us is going to be like one of the coolest things yeah delina's really lovely as well um also, he's just such a like 
clued up, smart young Somewhere guy, very it. driven, very focused. Like I think he's twelve now. Yeah, like, yeah I was yeah, playing so Pokemon when I was twelve. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so weird. It's the first thing we started. You know, I couldn't even fucking walk when I was twelve. Yeah. Case, like, I'm looking cars, at him man. like you're driving a car at this speed, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't even have a license yet. But, um, <laughs> but um, so we did a project for Silverstone. Um, I feel like there's, um, kind of controversial. Um, there's no diversity in racing. Obviously, racing is like a rich, elite sport. Um, kids can't afford to go to the paddock or afford tickets because they're hundreds of pounds. Paddock tickets that are like 7K plus. So what we wanted to do is give the opportunity to young black um, ethnic BAME underprivileged kids or just kids that just can't afford to go to yeah. these races and give them the opportunity to experience how it feels like to be at a Formula 1 race from experiencing the paddock to the engineers. Give them like the whole VIP experience because mm -hmm. I feel like these are the next generation of kids and they need that motivation, they need that inspiration to do that and we had Josh, we had Miles and we had Cordell, three young go-karting um, racers and literally seeing their day being made was probably like the best feeling in the world. But yeah, um, I think with F1 being in this space, I feel like I have um, a lot of power and a lot of like, you know, things that I can do. So rather than just trying to take photos, trying to start all these initiatives or projects or making like the space healthier, it's definitely like how I see my future in F1 going. That's what I wanted to ask you. Is like, do you have another like thing like that you want to do outside of just taking photos? Do you want to try and actually put your stamp on the sport in a way and yeah. change it? So for like the we've done projects in London. Um, I could come away from F1. Um, like Lovebox years ago, we did a project where we brought like very young photographers to come experience the festival and shoot for the first time. Because having a press pass is really hard to get into events. We've done workshops with brands and people. So I feel like if I'm in a space and I can do something. Just taking photos is the bare minimum I can do. So if I've got all this power, money and influence, then let me try to start these initiatives and projects to try to make it into a better space. Yeah. But on the topic of F1, I think I definitely want to start these initiatives or projects or these like, even just bringing more little kids to the paddock. I feel like there should mm. be like, you know when you go to the school trip and someone's holding a flagpole? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think there should be something like that at F1. It'll be cute. But I know um, um, some of the races like Mercedes, for example, they've got their initiative um, Ignite. And I believe on most Thursdays, they do allocate tickets to young schools and young fans to give them that experience. Amazing. But I think most people don't know about those type of things. But usually if you go to the Thursdays of most races, it's like families and little kids, which is great. That's great. You definitely made an amazing impact on Josh, though, like from that day, because he spoke about, you know, Silverstone and how amazing it was. And he wants to be an F1 driver one day. So the fact that you were able to show him that, give yeah. him that opportunity it's crazy. is so special. I think when I talk to these kids, like these kids, I'm sorry, like I feel like the generation now, we, we kind of had to like run so they could crawl. But um, when I was interviewing them, so I first took him into the studio, told them, hey, we're doing some photo shoot for you. Yeah, and how we, did that work? Wasn't it a surprise? They didn't know. So we took him into our studio. Um, we said we're going to do a photo shoot. So we did a photo shoot. We had a little fake podium setting, which is really, really cute. Yeah, I'll send you the photo. I've seen it. So um, sick. I just asked him about, like, um, why did you start racing? Who's your favorite driver? And then all the kids were like, I said, so do you, what do you want to be in like five, 10 years? And like, I want to be a Formula 2 driver. And I was like, okay, why not Formula 1? And they were like, nah, I want to get that experience and become Formula 2 driver so then I can work my way to Formula 1. And I was like, yo, they're like well, well ahead of us. <laughs> That's so wise, bro. Yeah. <laughs> That's jokes, man. Was that whole campaign your idea then? Mm-hmm. So that that's unbelievable, man. Yeah, that is unreal. Because that's definitely changed their lives. You've shown yeah. them an opportunity. They, it's very hard to get, like. We know we work within the sport, filming within, like filming the people in the paddock, and like a lot of them are our friends. 
but there's even no way we could get in in a paddock if we didn't know people and we could somehow get yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. So that opportunity you were able to give them is is so special. Yeah, definitely. Like, I've even saw this thing. I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about it, but I saw a little F1 <laughs> Discord, <laughs> and it's like 300 little young F1 fans. It's so cute. Like, they're so active. They're talking about it. But we tried to make it into, like, a safe space. So we've got, like, different threads for different races. So... For example, Netherlands, there was a lot of them that didn't know anyone and they just had like, you know, single tickets. So they all met up together through that chat. We have like a bulletin board that gives you automatic updates of everything that happens in the F1 world. That's t- taught me so much. So like, yeah. I kind of did it to teach myself. But even stuff like that, I feel like um, these type of things are cool. Because when you think about football, you've got like Copa 90 versus all these different things, but you don't have like a little F1 no, definitely, yeah. Yeah, it isn't. Apart from, you know, pissed off, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's good to give them that safe place because when we notice we come into the sport, obviously it's a bit of a different angle media-wise, but like gatekeeping and pe- a lot yeah. of people look to what we did and we're like, these guys know fuck all, like they shouldn't be talking, like you get, we get but, so much shit. Yeah, but I love it though. Like, I'm so, <laughs> like, like, who was it? Um, um, Miami, when the Sky Sky presenter got obliterated online because he didn't know who any of the celebrities or people were. Oh, yeah. oh it was Martin yeah. Brundle, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, like stuff like that. I feel like our younger generation are a bit more crewed up and more aware about these type of things. So I feel like the sport is changing. So like, you know, it kind of has to adapt with the newer generation. Mm-hmm. Kind of like our football has been adapting over the years. Yeah, yeah. a million percent. Oh, you, you sound, you have like a very diff- a very similar like vision and mindset towards Formula One is how I think mm-hmm. it's going to change as well. Like I think football's like five, six years ahead, like media wise, the way they work with fans and talent and yeah. everything they produce as a sport, football's probably five years ahead. Do you think Formula One is still small? Because I look at it and I look at how people are, 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 gra- are gravitating towards it now. And I genuinely think this is going to be so much bigger than it is. It's crazy because Formula 1 is huge at the moment, but it still feels so tiny. I know. Because also, I didn't realise how many of my friends were Formula 1 fans until I started working at Formula 1. I was like, since when? But it turns out, like, I feel like the sport is huge, but it's only for, like, a certain demographic. But Mm -hmm. it's starting to change. It's starting to be a bit more diverse and different. Now you're seeing different types of fans international fans like it's it's crazy mm-hmm. have, you, have your mates got into it like other mates got into it since you started yeah working it's there? crazy i feel like a lot of my friends got into it during lockdown because of drive to survive yeah also didn't realize how many of them started watching it so then after i think i took a break for saudi so then we all did like a little viewing party together and i was like yeah this this is kind of nice like so, you know rather than watching men run around for 90 minutes it's kind of nice watching castle 90 minutes yeah man. <laughs> same for me i was always football mm. so the, the, learning this i never ever liked formula One before i've said it numerous times but i used to if i was on tv went up before i'd just think ah oh, it's a load of cars like i'm not yeah, into all cars. Like, you know, and i was like what's, what's going on yeah. yeah i was never into cars football i can be glued to it but now, mm-hmm. my first couple of races of Formula One, I'd even get a bit bored in the middle. But like today and like over the last couple of races, I'm so glued. Yeah, you like, said I'm that even watching FP1 gas. Like. Yeah, that's same. <laughs> same. But I think um, for me, it's like once I got to experience it, like being in the paddock, into the garage, everything. I think at one point, um, I remember my first race, I must have been like, oh, wait, what am I doing? Because I was still like gassed just being in that little moment that I was just like taking it all in what was your first race like do you remember the whole trip Bahrain yeah do you remember Bahrain's your first race first wow, race pretty sick yeah crazy went to Bahrain um, entered the paddock and it was, it was just, so you're giving your paddock pass for the yeah, first time yeah with my little mugshot I should have bought it oh so you have your, you have your own photo <laughs> on yours it's cool yeah, yeah. we just we don't get our own photo yeah, no, we oh so we, we get a, a paddock pass for every race and you get a different one for every race it has your photo on it and the lanyard changes depending on the country that you're in which is kind of cool does it? yeah 
Oh shit! I so thought it was like, like a green. little, like depending on the country, it's got like a little outline of the flag of each oh, country. Man. I didn't even know that. <laughs> nah, I mean, we haven't been enough. Attention to details. <laughs> yeah, um, but I remember I came in. I was in a paddock, and it was just you know you see press, you see the engineers, you see the drivers. Went into the motorhome, saw the whole Mercedes team and everybody. Went into the garage and seeing the car. Also, I didn't realize the car gets made from scratch from every single race. Like I was very. Really I didn't shocked. know that till last week. Yeah, yeah I was we shocked. found out. I was shocked. Like you see them disassemble it. Also, I think I wish Drive to Survive kind of... I feel like I'm talking about so much because Formula 1 has like so much information. <laughs> yeah, man, but, it's good um, though. Um, I think I wish there was more things to do with like the mechanics and the engineering and the things that happen in the garage. Like the fact that the car gets made from scratch every race, all the changes and implementations that they do, they don't know until FP1 because, you know, you can't actually see. Yeah. Like you can, you can have like all the technology stuff and you can have like, you know, the virtual programs, but you don't know how the car actually is. Yeah. Um, the fact there's like limitations on budgets, there's curfews after a certain time. Curfews is crazy. Yeah. We, I didn't know that till this weekend either. And I still don't understand it because I thought I've heard people say that mechanics work all night fixing the cars. So I think it got implemented a couple of years ago because, you know, if you're a rich team, get to work. Yeah, <laughs> you know, 24 yeah, 7, yeah, yeah. so it kind of made a difference. Also, I didn't realize one of the engineers told me that depending on your ranking at the end of the season, um, when you're doing a new car the next season, you get less time in the wind tunnel. So the people that are at the bottom get more time to test out the car and see the aerodynamics than the people at the top oh, to make it more so even. that is right. But there's so much stuff which is like unsaid. Yeah. Like they don't tell you this shit. Not like, everyone even has their own wind tunnel, do they? A lot of teams share wind tunnels. Yeah, yeah that's like, the mind. In school, I was never interested about this stuff. But when I'm in F1, I'm like, like proper, you know, pen and paper getting ready to learn. Yeah. yeah. But the thing which I think is sick about the weekend is, which I think makes F1 different to other sports is like it is a whole weekend and outside of the track like you, obviously you got the race but then you got like all the shit around it yeah there's like fucking like carnival stuff like Ferris wheels there's like music and that too I and remember like, Melbourne was a festival like it yeah, felt really. like Glastow I'm not joking it felt like a like all the activations the parties the things that happened before and I think that we uh, that weekend it was the swimming like tournament and the rugby tournament so like the whole town was buzzing also, first time since lockdown that they've had like international stuff. So yeah, it was yeah, huge. Yeah. Like the fans, the people. Like I was kind of shocked. I was like, I didn't realize it was this crazy. Because some cities it's just like, it's just a race. But some cities it's like, it's an actual festival. Yeah. Mm. And then going back to where, where you said you, you walk in the paddock, you have your paddock pass on your first ever race. Then what? Have you turned up with like your own camera? And they've, are you, so you've turned up with a camera and you're there just to take photos? Yeah, literally. Just um, had my brief or everything. Went through everything and then yeah, just straight to work. Start snapping. I feel like yeah, I feel like for me the first day was just like let me get a lay of the land, let me see what works, let me see what doesn't work, let me see what boundaries I can push and I can't yeah, man, push. Yeah, there's a lot of boundaries <laughs> yeah. in Formula One. Let, let, let me We've see what I can and can't. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm just there like oh sorry, and then you know next time I'm like I'm sorry that I've always seen you before. I'm like okay, sorry. Um, That's it. A lot of it is the more you're there, people recognise you, and then you get away with pretty much yeah, anything. Yeah, but like. I feel like um. It was just more like understanding like, you know, how the dynamics work, like just understanding what time things happen, where to be in the best position for like, you know, the press, the interviews, podium shots, the garage, FP1, FP2, when the drivers are coming out. I think the first couple of days were just understanding like how everything works. I think when I used to do like music tours, you know, depending on the song of the artist, where the crowd's going to be, if they're going to be hyped, let me go far to get a crazy shot. If it's going to be like a slow chill moment, let me come closer to the front. So understanding like where to be at what time. Mm. And then that first Sunday of that race, you know, when everyone's running in a paddock and running to the um, 
you know, like the podium and all that stuff. Mm. That must have been the first time you'd but seen like, it. I think um, you guys saw it as soon as, like, you know, the race, everyone sprinting to the podium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Us included, yeah. mate. <laughs> just the yeah, like, press people, um, VIPs, the engineers, the mechanics, everyone just sprinting to the podium to try and get, like, the best seat. In yeah. between the photographers, it's like a brawl, like, you know, made the best man win, really. Do you or have access everywhere? Like, do you have, um, can you literally go anywhere on the track whenever, like, whenever you want? No. So... Um, I only have access to like the garage, the paddock, and uh, some of the pit lane. Um, yeah. Grid access is different, so you know Formula One, that's their territory. So like right. you know, I think there's some limits and restrictions, but you know, I try to make the best out of what I have. Because I think if I had access to everything, that would be a bit crazy. Plus, like <laughs> certain <laughs> people, yeah, that'd be too bad. Um, certain people get access to certain stuff, and I feel like that keeps it, you know, manageable. Because otherwise, um, trying to capture everything would be a bit too much. Yeah, if there's too many people on the grid, the grid wouldn't work anyway. <coughs> yeah, the grid was already, already oh, yeah. quite busy. Somehow we managed to get onto it, though, didn't we? Yeah. We did. Well, we should probably ask you as well. Like, we probably won't know what the fuck you're talking about. But for any camera heads listening, like, do you yeah. want to talk about the gear that you use and stuff? Oh, I don't think camera brands should be given free promo, but. Is it really? <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like um, I have a 2470 which I think is like the best lens because it's like you know you can get your close-ups you can get your wides what, that's what, the one what, I took what brand? Sigma? Sigma do very good lenses I actually like Sigma yeah really really good lenses um, was I supposed to say that? <laughs> no it's fine you can promote what you want on okay, it okay cool cool I'll, you can promote like, whatever you want say whatever you want Sigma sponsor pizza um, <laughs> yeah, isn't yeah sponsor. we need another camera and so yeah, honestly I feel like any camera you have is good as long as like you know you make the best out of your camera I've seen some people shoot with like you know not the most expensive camera but then you know the way they line up their shot their composition everything else is great I feel like any camera is great. Like I've seen, like half the time I've taken content with just my iPhone because it's convenient depending yeah. on the space I'm in. But 2470, because you can do wide and close. That's the one I took the photo of you two with. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. I think a zoom lens, like 70 to 200, 100 to 500 is you great. You carry around one of them massive ones. Yeah. I've always like, wanted one of them, but they're, worth, they're like thousands of pounds, aren't they? <laughs> my bank account still hurts. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's good to get one of those because sometimes you might be a bit too far away from stuff and especially like, you know, being able to be far but still get close up, I think that lens is probably like the best lens, especially yeah. when it comes to like any sport. Having like a super zoom lens is like the most vital thing. Yeah. When, when we were um in the uh, in the pit lane with you, mm. I got a few snaps of you on my phone. <laughs> no. I, I wanted yeah, to did. bug shots. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, I wanted to try and I wanted to ask you what you thought of my camera skills. So, so you to took show. some photos of you. Have you a little swipe. <laughs> what's your honest opinion? Because I feel you reckon like any of these are any good? Some of them are pretty good. Which way do I swipe? I don't want to swipe the wrong way. Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh. Um, well, if he swipes the wrong way, <laughs> it's wild. Like you know, when I look at myself taking photos and yeah, photographers are always in weird positions, just like yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we saw you. You were climbing on top of a box mm. when we were out with you in the um, pit lane. You were climbing on top of that box. The risks the that you guys take. And my shit. favorite thing about it was you told someone there was someone on it, and it looked like you'd gone to them. Oh, you can't stand up there. That's not safe. Or it looked like you'd been like, you can't yeah. stand there. And then as soon as they got off, you got up. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna give me trouble. <laughs> but I like I'll send you those, by the way. Thank you. Please. Do you think uh, they got potential? Do you think yeah, you can do, you can take my job. I don't mind. <laughs> you shoot, and I'll jump on the podcast more. Yeah, wait, uh, wait, we can swap. It's fine. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> I can finally take a break. But I think because um, the way podium set up is like it's really high up. Like yeah, you yeah. saw how it was, and um, you saw how it was. If you're not first, oh yeah, man, just give up. Like, yeah, yeah so, you know, normally you just want to climb on something to get up. Or even you saw, like, the engineers, they're climbing onto the railing. Like, I love it. It's crazy. Yeah, that, that's one of my favourite things as well. And we were standing there with Nick DeVries. That's the first time we'd ever met Nick DeVries. Yeah. And I look Nick? at him now. 
Yeah, when, when yeah. you took the photos of us, that was with Nick. So, do you know Nick? Yeah, so obviously Mercedes reserve driver, Formula E champion. Oh. Really, really cool guy. Smashed uh, it today, by the yeah, way. Yeah, proud. Yeah, it's so there's, exciting. There's that see. one video of him and Lewis and they're just dabbing each other off like, oh, sick. But kind of sad for, you know, let me shut up. Um, the other drivers, Nick just came in there and just, just violated. Yeah. Like literally just did really good. And mm. his, what, his first like full Formula 1 race? Yeah, yeah. scored points. Yeah, yeah. 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 nice for that. Finished ninth? No, it could was have, eighth. We could have even been eighth. You got driver of the day. I know yeah. that. Yeah, it's crazy. Very I want to see him in F1 next year. Yeah. yeah. And we got a photo of him, so I'm after Yeah, that. literally. I'm kind of glad. I was like, yo, quickly, let's take a photo and I look at this. That was a good shot. Yeah. We got the other one somewhere. We've got one with Callum, I think. Oh, nice. Down the side of the Yeah, oh, yeah, you snapped a sick one of us with Callum. Well, I haven't seen it, but I can we've, only assume it's sick. Callum from Red Bull. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Literally, I'll send it to you later today. <laughs> you probably, you, after a race weekend, have you I think yesterday I was actually backing up all my files. I think altogether since the start of the season, I have like 80,000 photos. Oh, right. Not including well. videos, which is crazy. And how? what percentage do you reckon get posted? Because we know from how many like, even say, you send I wouldn't even say like 0.5% even gets wow. posted. You know, like if you sent, for example, like us 20 photos, you obviously have worked with loads of talent, loads of people. Yeah. If you sent them like 20 photos... Do they quite often pick the one that you think's the best? Or does everyone have like, for example, you know, mm. you sent me 20 odd photos yeah. and I posted the one I posted. When you look I feel like it depends on a person and situation. I feel like working with clients and people you understand, like sometimes you want to give them the option to choose, like rather than just picking your favorite one because my favorite might not be your favorite. So in a situation like that, I'd rather give you like, hey, here's all the photos in selection, let you pick the ones that you want because, mm. you know, yours might be different to your favorite yeah. and so on. But depending on the situation, sometimes you ain't got time to send hundreds of thousands of photos. So you just pick like the best of the best. And then maybe like once I've got time to send a dump, I'll give him like the whole selection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, they were sick photos. I was happy then. Yeah, man. So you're like, obviously you're well new to Formula One. Yeah. Like us. How long do you think you'll be in the sport for? Like, have you got, are you just rolling with it for now? Or you think? I feel like, like just riding the wave. <laughs> Let's find out. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like I've definitely left my stamp on my mark on it. Um, next year, if it does happen, I definitely do want to do much more. I think content side, I've completely smashed it. But the things about like more initiatives, more projects. Now that I've had like a full year, like you know, knowing the ins and out of Formula One, etc., I can come back next year, probably ten times better and ten times stronger. Exactly how we feel, man. Yeah. Because we we feel like this year we've had to build relationships within the sport, get to know people. It's because yeah. everyone knows everyone. You you want to be respected in the paddock. You want to know everyone. I think next year we'll we'll be able to come back really strong, which will be great. We've got so many ideas for it, bro. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Plus, like, you've got you, time got to so plan, man. especially like the winter break. You can till, take time, come up with ideas, plan it, and bring things in advance rather than like, hey, race is tomorrow, can I yeah, pull out? Yeah, that's a bit too much. Yeah, it's hectic. That's like what happened with us at Barcelona when we found That was only ever our second Grand Prix. We found out less than 24 hours before we were going. Yeah. Do you remember we Damn filmed it? It's always it was only our second Grand Prix, man. Like, and you found out 24 hours before? Yeah. Like, and obviously, we haven't even told I don't want to think about ticket or hotel prices because those skyrocket just before the race. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. well, we said in some suspect hotels as well, bro, because they do, like, they do obviously fill up. Because so, yeah. like, Barca, the, it's, it's actually not in Barcelona. It's like a good nah. life. Yeah, it's crazy. Were you there for Barca? Yeah, I was there for Barca as well. Bro, I, I mean, I'm sure you were sorted out, but we had a nightmare getting back from Barca. I think like even, I think, yeah, can we talk about this? Yeah, bro, of course. You can talk about whatever you want on this podcast. <laughs> the no traffic limits. in F1 is disgusting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bro, it's crazy. Like, it's because most of the tracks are like old school tracks, so mm. they don't like, you know, have like perfect lanes and stuff. And like, um, 
it's crazy sometimes we have to leave at 7 a.m just because like you know we don't want to get stuck in traffic and stuff but the traffic in f1 is actually wild i think silverstone just to get back home i drove was like two two and a half hours yeah so Mate, we, it took us two hours to get out of the car yeah bro we've only ever had um obviously you're working within the sports so you have a cooler access than us yeah you can get a car in and out wherever but we've only ever been able to like get to the track as like from a like a fan experience so we're either taking a train or getting yeah. a car in and because of that in barcelona we left the track didn't have a car out we had to walk for four and a half hours mm. into barcelona to find to try and get a taxi no it Even wasn't like, barcelona was it it was like the nearest town Town, we got to the train station, there was like a four hour queue for a train, so we yeah. thought we'd just keep Or walking. even like, I remember Austria, like I think, was it Austria? I think it was Austria, one of those other races. But like, the taxis, it was like a two hour queue just to even get a taxi. Yeah. It's crazy. Like the traffic in Formula 1, you think motorsports and cars, are like, you know, they have a system bro. for it, but no. <laughs> but yeah, it's wild. But I think the, um, if you work in Formula 1, you get like a pass onto your car so you can actually skip traffic yeah that's what we're yeah. gonna need one of them what, those season. pink ones yeah like it's yeah, like pink or whatever but you get like yeah. certain passes so like we got pink they know. over there as well we, we met a few people who work at the formula one that say they listen to the podcast so guys next year we're gonna need yeah. a pass <laughs> for the front <laughs> of our <laughs> car <laughs> don't fuck around <laughs> okay i'm not kidding oh, for these trains anymore <laughs> we need it man it's no. crazy i feel like one thing i love about formula one is like you know there's fans have been fans for years but us lot have actually been an experience to and all the little ins and outs. I feel like those little bits are like more interesting than sometimes like the drivers or the races. Mate, for sure. And the sport everywhere's all the tracks everyone's saying now that after like Drive Survive, the numbers have just absolutely rocketed because the drivers yeah. are coming. The drivers are becoming more famous and then the, the reserve drivers are becoming more famous and then the youth drivers are becoming more oh, famous. Even just like people just in the paddock, the engineers, the That's mechanics, what, the hospitality people. Yeah, like, it's I love crazy. It. And that's, and that's where you fit perfectly, to be someone who is creative and can come up with ideas to give these people light. It's so good to have like minds in the sport that think like that because this was missing that. Yeah, I the think. sport needed it, bro. I don't, they didn't even realise it. still doesn't they have it, it enough. Yeah. Like, it needs I'd love like a little behind the, like hopefully a potential idea, like a behind the scenes series where you're talking to like different people day in the life of their like life, from like, you know, the engineers to the mechanics. Are, like, how, how is it like, uh, things I probably can't say, but if you see like how the engineer setup is and stuff, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, because of like secrets and stuff, you can't really show like too much. On there's a know. lot of the stuff where well, we should we we'll talk about doing it together then. Because if you don't want to be in front of the camera, we do want to be in front of the camera. <laughs> and you could direct it. Film it yeah. We can do it with all the guests we've had on the pod. Even, even like... Um, okay, no worries here. Yeah, I know. I see why this has been hooked up. <laughs> like, I remember even... Um, Michael does the helmets for um, Mercedes. Um, really cool guy. Works for Bell Peppers, I think. So I'm, I'm still new to this. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> but even like, um, like the little things about like with the visors, like there's different visors for different things. Like yeah. if it's raining and so on. Like just how the airflow and dynamic is on there. The way they've got their microphone. There's like a little tube where the drivers actually drink water from. Like it's connected to like a tank in a car, so they yeah. can stay hydrated during the race. Um, some drivers have like a bottle where they just pee in the car because like you know it's it's you know like you know it's but they do piss in the car like no it's like you know you just got like a little bottle some drivers do or they don't but it's kind of like you know if you've got like long journeys and stuff you can't do that even like um with the visors i don't know if you've seen it on tv like you know you've got flies and dust coming onto your visor yeah you just got a little strap where you rip it or even like how the airflow is in the helmet like it makes it easier for the drivers to breathe and do certain things like all these little little things like 
You, you actually know your shit, bro. You yeah, actually do. We good. didn't know this He's most of the time. He's in the garage. He's in the paddock. He's there yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah. Guys, I'm doing my job. <laughs> <laughs> and you're learning firsthand as well. That's what's so pure about it, by being there. Yeah. Like maybe watching Drive to Survive is a good, uh, not watching it is a good idea. I mean, yeah. it might change your perspective completely. It I probably like, would have I feel like now that I watch it, I'm like, oh, I know this. So like, I've been here, like, you know. Well, we're re-watching it at the moment because yeah. when we watched it the first time, we loved it and we we we're like, oh my God, this sport's unreal. But we didn't know who any of the people yeah. were. But now we watch it and things make sense. Mm-hmm. Like it adds up. Of- I You'll find it a lot funnier, I reckon. Because like when someone in there cracks a joke or fucks up, like you probably know who they are. Yeah. So you'll be oh, laughing out of I'm just hoping, like I've met the Joe to Survive team, really lovely people. Most of them are British, um, which is kind of jokes. Um, they're actually very close to us. Um, oh. But like well, they're, they're living here. Yeah, they're living here. I'm not gonna. I want to get not gonna disclose information. But um, <laughs> even just the way the drive to survive team work is, is kind of crazy. Like the production level, they've got like what twenty cameramen, like five ten to like audio guys, producers, everything running around the paddock filming everything. And I think they told me something like the edit time for one episode, like for the whole season, is like what thirty six weeks or wow. something. Crazy. So yeah, a lot goes into that show, but like uh, for them to make it look that beautiful with the madness that's going on, great job, really Bro, good job. Is it just me or like you don't really notice that they're even there? Yeah, literally. Like we we, we see people walking around with cameras and that, but you don't see like a, an entourage of like So I was thinking people. this, mm. I actually saw them more when I was sat in the fan side. You know in Barcelona when we were in Grandstand <clears throat> looking down at the garages? Yeah. I saw them, I could see them. It was really obvious who was trying to survive, but then when you're in there, when you're in the paddock, they kind of just garage. move around. You don't cause elusive, I think because like. in a paddock, everyone's so focused on the, like, you know, um, what's it called? Like, the, the, um, you know, magicians, when you just light of hand, your perception's on one thing, so you don't yeah, realize, yeah, yeah. like, another thing. Because you're so focused on the drivers and everything else, you don't realize, so, you know, some of the people that are doing stuff. You just see them sometimes standing behind the little garages with their cameras capturing everything. We've, when we've seen them and when we've been in the paddock, we tried to get on it loads. I just hope, like, you know, season, wait, season six next season, right? Uh, five. I don't five. know. Okay. I just hope season six, episode three, 24 minutes and 30 seconds, you just see me in the corner. Like, I'd love for something like that. <laughs> you know, yeah. be clipping that all day long. Yeah, literally. I'll just be, like, you know, screenshotting that one little bit. <laughs> I have to admit, that's going to be us if we're in it next year. Oh, yeah. I'm going to put that everywhere. <laughs> They've done, Drive Survive's done absolute wonders for the sport. Mm. It would be interesting to hear, to see if you watched that shit and hear what you thought about it. Yeah, I feel like I'll, because um, I think they told me, or like friends have told me, like it's best to start, anyone that's watching Drive Survive, like it's best to start from the latest season and then work your way backwards. Because then you're up to date about uh, what's happening straight sense. away. Because yeah, yeah. there's no point watching something about season one when, you know, you can watch season, the latest season and then work your way back and then understand the history that way. Because then like you're more clued up on everything much quicker. Do you ever feel a little bit like out of it in the aspect of if someone's talking about something and because you're quite new, mm. you might not know about that or not know about the history? Hundred um, <laughs> percent. First time I was there, Angela must have been like box fox. I was like, what the fuck? Is that? <laughs> 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 yeah, but it's great. But uh, people probably would listen to this like, yo, this guy's a noob. Um, but even just stuff like that, like um, I had no idea about a lot of these things, but you just learn quickly and you pick it up and it's, it's crazy. Now I'm screaming box box like when we're on a microphone, I mean on the radio headsets and you hear box box and you know like run to the garage or to the pit because then they're going to do changes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
But it's crazy. It'd be yeah, sick yeah. if you had a little microphone and you could just like tap into one of the drivers one day and just tell him like, box, box. <laughs> just have your voice. Probably lose my job, but I'd actually love to do that. <laughs> when we've got uh, Joshua Bagembe in TF1, you can do it with him. That's our biggest plan. You man. could be a strategist. <laughs> you know, it'll be like a little movie moment. Bro, you got this. Come on, let's go. <laughs> like, Bro, we want to we wanna make enough money through this pod to be able to put a driver into like F4 or something. Oh, like, and we want to put all the money we make into that and then have a driver in like F4. You two being the head engineers. <laughs> <laughs> they would be absolutely I'm not gonna lie. I'll be for this team. If you don't win the championship, oh. That's, it'll be entertaining. Yeah, we said. It'll probably be the funnest team. To I want to be a driver. I want to be, be second yeah, driver. You did say this, mate, but I think Yeah, I think now. it's a bit too, too late. Nah, you know? well, you, you know, the you know, Breeze is 28. He's been driving for years. Yeah. He has plenty of experience. You, you, you know, I'm a good driver, boys. I promise. You know what? If you have a goal and dream, I believe it. Bro, thank you so much. That's what I need. That's what I need. <laughs> you know All what I give, need is a little bit of that from you. Like, you know when you give someone false hope? Like, yeah, yeah bro, that song's sick. <laughs> um, but it's crazy. I didn't realise um, a lot of the engineers and mechanics are like what we said about they're all friends. They all grew up like doing the karting leagues together. Yeah, that's how you see the videos of like you know all the drivers like you know when they all young together because they all did the karting leagues together. Fun fact: I think um, one of the guys jokes about engineers and mechanics just being failed Formula One drivers, so they go into engineering afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> but now, surprisingly, like they're all friends. They all grew up together. They all started doing karting. So like surprisingly, I think most of their careers start from when they're like eight to twelve, doing the karting league and then working their way up into the Formula series. Right. Yeah, so surprising, like it takes years upon years. Like literally, you have to start when you're a kid. Callum had a cool story, didn't he? Yeah, how Callum did Just it? Working yeah. through college, and he went to like Silverstone. It was like motorsport college in Silverstone, I think. Mm. And then, but there's like, I mean, a lot of other kids who want to do that shit as well and get yeah. into F1. A lot of them don't don't do it. I imagine so. Yeah. These guys are special. Like we said it to Callum. These guys are like the glue which hold Formula One together. Mm-hmm. But also the percentage of like getting into it is crazy. Like. Um, I think one thing I loved about doing the project about the kids was I learned so much about like karting and how much it is. Like, if my son ever wanted to become a Formula One driver, I would beat that kid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm gonna get in trouble after this episode. <laughs> but, um, no, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's so expensive, it's, it's, right? It's crazy. Like, it's it's actually like the actually. You know what? I think I got a breakdown. Like, I was so interested about this that like I was actually like when I was doing this thing with the kids, I actually did like a breakdown of like, you know, how much does everything actually cost? And yeah, man, I'd love to hear that. I have no idea. I know it's mad expensive. Josh's yeah, mum told us a little bit, didn't she? Mm-hmm. I th- she helped me a lot on my good homeboy, Reese. Um, all right, cool. Let's go into this. So, if you're a kid, helmet roughly 500, race suit 150, wet race suit 60, boots 90, gloves 50, neck brace 400, rib protector 100, a new car, Starts at four thousand five hundred. A hand car starts at two thousand five hundred. Tires one fifty each. Wet tires one eighty each. A trolley eighty. Engines from one point five k. And that's just to get your kit for it. And, and that's just like your mad. first, in it. That yeah. would be like your first round of racing. Bro, Project Mbappe sounds cheaper, right? Now. <laughs> <laughs> but even like um. Like even just to like you know do one of the racing leagues like some of them like um. I think when I first did a project with the kids, my friend's brother told me how, like, you know, every weekend these kids spend, like, 200 to 700 pounds per race weekend just to enter these leagues. And as a little kid, if you're, like, 12 years old, like, that gets very, very expensive. So, like, a lot of parents can't afford for their kids to, mm. to do these things. So it's kind of crazy, like, how much money goes into it. Mm. Yeah, Joshua said that he's going to, he's obviously aiming for Europe next year. 
um, which hopefully he'll be doing, you know, national champion. But then the prices go up even more. Yeah. That's the thing. Like with football, you you might be a good player. You move from team to team. But it don't really yeah. cost but you anything. I, I've really. had the same piece for the last five more. years. Like, yeah. like um, but it's crazy because um, I feel like a lot of kids can't get into the sport because it's so expensive. But um, there's a lot of initiatives and projects like Mercedes have Ignite, which is um, their initiative to bring young kids that can't afford, to, you know, to into the sport to give them like sponsorships and deals and, you know, help financially aid them. There's Mission 44, which is Lewis's um, charity, which is all about like, you know, bringing people into See, no, that looks other amazing. things. Yeah. And, the, and the designs are so ledge as well. Yeah. Wasn't it a clothes company? Oh, no, no, no. So there's Mission 44, that's a charity. And yeah. Plus 44, what is the clothes? Oh, okay. Yeah. We were but trying to figure out for ages what the fuck that was even about. <laughs> yeah. But um, there's all these like nice, cool initiatives that are, like starting to, you know, grow up. So I hope like, you know, these things like push it because I feel like they could be the next like you know eighth world time champion or seven world time champion like out there but you know they just can't afford to you know continue so they give up mm. on their dreams early like it's if, if josh today, isn't yeah it? if josh gave up i'd fund him like i can't let this little kid like you know stop yeah mm. we want to make sure we can do everything we can because yeah. so much of it's media as well like there's we there's so much we can offer him mm -hmm. that, and then we love the fact that he's chosen us to like let us come on his journey yeah. just as much. Because I think that's so how cool. I first found out about you guys when I saw the. I think I found out about you guys just before, then saw you guys with Josh, and I was like, ah, oh, I was gassed. Like, yeah. thank you so much for doing that to me. <laughs> yeah, nah, man, he's such a little ledge. It's his mum who was stressing the importance of sponsors. Like, they need, like, yeah. if they do move into Europe, they need sponsors big time. So, mm. if we can help out with that, like, in any way, that's what we want to do. Not just for him as well. Like, if we can, like, supply that kind of stuff for, like, all these up and coming kids yeah. who are really good. Yeah, because I know they're looking for sponsors at the moment for Europe because Europe's mad expensive. There's definitely some people listening to this podcast that probably work for some big companies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And a lot of you might have a bit of money. Send us your so, money. So yeah, get if, in contact if you have I'm, a load of money. I'm pretty sure if you can afford paddock tickets, you can sponsor this kid. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I think this is the thing, like uh, guys like us, the fact that we're in this sport and we have like connections and relationships, like we're able to like help kids like Josh be able to like better and do things. Because... Um, I think I was reading something about like even some I don't know if I'm right about this, but even like some drivers like F two or F three, like even them trying to get sponsors, like that's a big thing, trying to get brands or sponsors yeah. to support your team or your car. That's why some teams just leave or they can't because they just don't have enough money. Yeah. I'd love to have an F fourteen pit stop. It's kind of that's so like sick. our goal, like so no joke. It's we I see it as possible. Like I know it may sound crazy, but like I we know how much money we need, we know how much we need how we're gonna do it. Market wise like media-wise, yeah. they would have the most coverage out of any F14 if we went in with all of our back. Deadly. Which would bring so much light to F4. Yeah. I feel like everyone would be looking forward to, like, you know the little press runs afterwards, like at the end of the race? Yeah. yeah. And then we're yeah, like, we'd be stood there as well. We'll have, we have to be stood <laughs> in the background at every press release. They Literally. The, the sport is still has so many legs. Like, that's the one thing where I think the Premier League is still so far ahead football-wise. Is like, there still could be more coverage on, like, yeah. Championship, League One, League Two. Like, imagine they did, like, a Drive Survive kind of thing for, like, League One. I'd be sick. Get, like, if, that's what I mean. It's all about media. The way everything's changing is things become big and the money becomes there when mm -hmm. you get to see it. Yeah. It's as simple Even as like, that. Even, like, um, the W Series. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. glad that that's doing really well. Like, if, mm -hmm. I think I went over to check them out one day. And it was just sick. Like, you see the, like, I think that's the one thing about, like, F1 race weekend. Sometimes you get Formula 2, Formula 3 and um, women's and the rallies all in one place together. So I think it'll be sick to do yeah, like that was a like whole- Silverstone. Yeah, Silverstone, Silverstone like which that. is crazy. Cause then you don't realize like just how many like things are going around. But when I think about it, like um, 
It's just crazy. I'm just still like sometimes I'm like, yo, this is kind of fucked up. Like, yeah. It's the people wild. who organize F1, man, like their job, like the amount of stuff going on. Like how yeah. like at Silverstone, the W series paddock was like not in the main paddock. And then you have the F two paddock, you have like yeah. an F three paddock. The, paddock, the W paddock. series paddock was sick. Wait, W oh. series paddock. Have you, did you have you been unreal. into the paddock? Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, Lovely like bar. Free bar. Smashed. Screen I was absolutely oh. smashed. Yeah, I, was like, <laughs> I think I think one thing about obviously working for F one is great, but it guess i kind of want to live their life because you just get wine and nine like it, it must yeah. be nice that's what we were doing a weekend when you were out there yeah and, um, netherlands taking photos we were sat on the chairs outside outside alpha, alpha just all eating, day just people drinking. watching everyone just drinks being brought to yeah. us even um oh i feel like this is the time like i can tell all the fun interesting things like that people don't know about like dho was on tour with the teams like the DHL, the fulfillment um, shipping company. Yeah. Because when you think about all the parts and everything that has to get delivered, like that's a giant operation. So DHL also have like a motor home and they do everyone's like shipping and packages and making sure everything gets on the flights and planes and everything's mm -hmm. like good, which makes sense. Even like Firelli, the tire company, they're there as well to make sure like they're sorted out with all the teams. Everyone has like an allocated Firelli person and everything. So like there's all these little parts and components that like, you know, make F1 what F1 is. Not just F1, but like the whole Formula Series and W Series. It's mad organised, isn't it? Although we have they've noticed there's like, you do get little bits here and there where like something's off, which it surprises you when you're there. You think, fuck me, like F1 is so streamlined and like that something really small just seems like really DIY. But then everything else is, is just like seamless, man. Yeah. Like even the fact that like I always find it like how do they move all these parts from like country to country, which is like the motorhomes, man. Yeah. Like they're so big. Like the Red Bull motorhome is massive. Well, they all are. They're all huge. Like and they start taking them down. Like as the race well, the finishes Red Bull on ones Sunday. are a lot bigger because it's got Alpha Tower in it as well. Yeah, of course. But out. even like just the normal ones, like the fact yeah. that they take them down and move them on. It's actually like lorry trucks that they literally forklift onto each other and it's like a transformer and they're just like. Oh, they really? start yeah. taking the paddock down on Sunday yeah. whilst the race is going yeah, yeah. on. Like mm. no one would know that unless you've been in the paddock. Yeah, mm. it's crazy. I feel like these little bits and bobs, I think is sick. So like, um, I feel like once um, from now on, as I do want to start filming more content, which is more about the little bits and behind it no, definitely. that'd be yeah. cool to see really cool yeah because i mean we can't get the media coverage to do that but that is ultimately like what we wanted to do like that's kind of what we do when we go and tell the story about it, we come home we're like this happened this happened because yeah, yeah. when we were chatting at dutch grand prix out, um, outside mercedes with mm -hmm. that other guy we were there for ages chatting and the paddock was dead like people have left like yeah. at that point it was my favorite time to be in the paddock because that, that's when you really talk to everyone you yeah. get to know everyone people are a bit more chilled out like yeah. you know yeah. end of the day that was such a good evening. We didn't leave back till like 10, did we? Pretty yeah, because you not told me you were there for like ages. I was like, yeah, we're not doing that after. <laughs> Bro, we were going in and out of every motorhome just seeing who had the best bar. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> it was wild. Yeah, not that Williams. Well, Williams got a decent, what's his name, Mario? Mario Williams did do a good Spot gin and tonic. What's a Mario? Is it Mario in Williams? No, no, his I name is Mario. Oh, okay. Yeah, the barman's no name was Mario. Oh, no way. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. But obviously, like, there's even like the motorhomes hospitality, that's where they bring in the guests and the VIPs or their partners and sponsors or, you know, people that they invite to like just have a nice experience, meet the team. You get like full tours of the places. I feel like even someone doing a video on that would be like great. Like, yeah. how is it to be inside a motorhome and stuff like that? Mm. Have you been taking photos of the guests you've had in? Mm. Who, what are some cool guests you've had in? I don't want to lose my job. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's good. Okay, lot of guests we've had, but just guests I've seen. DJ Khaled, Serena Williams, Michelle Obama, Wow, really? Oh my word. Um, 
I've even saw Keanu Reeves just randomly in a paddock, and I'm just wow. like, what are you doing here? He was there at Silverstone. Yeah, yeah, Tom Cruise was there. Gordon Ramsay goes quite a lot. Yeah, Gordon Ramsay goes quite a lot. Just random people. Like, it's crazy. Like, you don't realise just how, man, how many people are, like, F1 fans. Like, even Stormzy, like, being there is crazy. I think I saw, like, Akala as well. Um, yeah, anyone and everyone. You just see all sorts of, like, people. It's the USA ones, isn't it? The American ones, they always oh, get the yeah, mad man. guess that, like, Miami was obviously... Well, yeah, obviously you're at Miami. Yeah. But that was sick. Miami was crazy. Get, like, um, just, like, the whole vibe for Miami. I feel like they did, like, a really good job, even though it was, like, the first F1 in Miami. But just the vibe, the energy... Um, the fact that the track was like around the stadium like you could actually go into the stadium go to the very top and get like a full 360 degree view of the whole track oh, which is amazing but Miami was like crazy 30 degree plus heat but wild what um, what races are left we got Singapore. Singapore Singapore Japan Texas Mexico Brazil Abu Dhabi what one are you most looking forward to out of those Brazil Really? Oh, Brazil's cool. going to be unreal, man. Mm. We so desperately want to go. Oh, you should, man. But then we're going to Austin. I think. Are I they not in like... all in a row? Is it not USA, Mexico, Brazil? Are they? I think it's, it's Singapore, Japan, Texas, Brazil, Mexico, Mexico Brazil, and then Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi yeah. But I'm new, so I might have forgotten. You could slap all three of them and just stay out there for one massive trip. Could yeah, you? but I think that's what happens. I think most of the international ones, you just do back to back because there's no point coming all the way back home and then. Mm going out like the triple threat that happened recently like most of the team just went back to back yeah so it's crazy like it's I think so people don't realize how intense the schedule is like at first I thought like I've done tours and stuff and I thought it was like you know I can do this and I realized like sleep is for the week I'm weak and <laughs> yeah it's a bit it's, it's very intense but um you if like if you love it then you you know you absolutely love it is it your choice like whether you go on a weekend or not because you're not at Monza this weekend was mm. that your choice or I feel like it depends on the situation. Um, obviously, this weekend, my sister's birthday. Um, oh, no. Little sister, I have to be there for her. My birthday's next week, so I decided to take a break off for this week. But um, depending on the race, like, it's usually, like, if there's coverage needed or not. Like, even on the Mercedes team, they rotate which people on which days or which cities. So not all the engineers are there for every single race. Sometimes, you know, like, you know, in football, you get subbed out or stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize that till we went the other week. That there was like literally sub pit people, backups. So there is genuinely no, not like backups, but like everyone does the same job. But like sometimes, like people depending on your role, like you might have to do something else at the factory, or you might have to come back into the thing. But imagine someone doing every single race back to back. That might be a bit too crazy. Mm. That's going to be a cool initiative for you to like take into the sport if you're able to show more of that, man. Like mm -hmm. let people see that because it's the one thing they don't get. That's like, yeah. literally what we're trying to do with the pod. But that's only here. <laughs> but you see, like the injuries and mechanics are. Jokes, mate. Like, they're just busting jokes in the twenty-four-seven. Like they're actually like nice, lovely people. Yeah, like, man, oh. sure, because they love being there. They're living their dream job yeah, just literally. as much as the drivers. And yeah, you see them in the morning, so they're, they're happy, and I'm just like, oh, this is nice. Yeah, yeah like uh, like having like a non-toxic working environment is it's kind of nice. Yeah, but they stay in good spirits considering, like you know, Callum, the car went wrong in Zambor, and Callum yeah. was up late. Like the all of the boys are up late fixing that car, man. Mm -hmm. And you still see him the next day, but like no sleep. Yeah. Like, what's going on, mate? But like, I feel like um, I don't know. I feel like we we've done long working hours. Like you know, once you love something, whether it's your, your career, your hobby, or anything, I feel like long hours means like absolutely nothing. And like we've all done like all nighters or benders, and like you know, next day waking up completely fine. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tonight. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I feel like the people the people that are around the sport is what makes the sports from the fans to the engineers, the hospitality to 
the engineers, even like the the photographers. Um, big Give thing. yourself some creds. Yeah, shout out to my people. Yo, without us, you wouldn't know what's been happening. Even like just the coverage from like the photographers to the videographers. Like I feel like the photographers work really, really hard. Even the news people and so on, because like. They have their own media center. These people are here taking photos and videos, updating the press instantly, getting that information across to different news networks and places all around the world. I feel like without them, then the sport wouldn't have been as big as it is today. Same with Drive to Survive. Publicizing it and televising it has helped the sport be able to be accessed to like thousands and millions of more people. So, so I feel like everyone has their role to play in the success of this sport and everyone is doing an absolutely amazing job at it. Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah. Like, it's, it's great to hear. Great to talk to you Even about. guys like you, like, you know, on a podcast, like, teaching people, like, the little behind the scenes and stuff. Like, the fact that you lot told me, how many monthly listeners? Uh, a quarter, quarter of a million, million but monthly. it's still going up now. And when did he start? Uh, six months ago. Seven months ago. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. Like, stuff like that, I feel like, you know, people like us and that, making the sport, like, a much healthier Yeah, it's place. a new wave, man. It's a, it's a, it's a say you... The sport fans want to feel safe around other people that are on the same page as them or yeah. in the same boat. So when people that are new stick together, like we definitely have to keep in touch and hopefully we'll see you at many more races. Yeah, definitely. At least live down the road, surprisingly. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. 10 minutes down the road, bro. Bro, it's crazy. When I actually like booked the Uber and I saw 10 minutes, I was like, I know I said 15 minutes, I was still at home. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw 10 minutes, I was like, oh, this is convenient. Yeah. That's it's crazy. Real, like I literally grew up in this area. This is crazy. Yeah, it's legend, bro. What else is going on in your life for the, that you want to talk about for the next six months, year? What you got planned? Um, even though we've been speaking about F1 for like the past hour, yeah. minus F1, um, building communities in London to do with like creatives and photographers and people is a big thing that I do. Obviously, we said like the brand stuff and things that I've done before, the initiatives and projects. I feel like this year trying to start new things where it's like you know people that are trying to get into the creative scene or stuff like educating them on stuff from contracts to agreements usage how to go about work is a big thing that i do want to do giving access and resources to people because i feel like you know early off when you're starting off you just don't know how to do certain things mm -hmm. it's very hard yourself as a musician contracts labels agreements what's prs what's distribution deal? i still don't know now man yeah but like i feel like trying to give people access and resources is great even maybe in the f1 world teaching people like how do you get into the sport how do you get involved even teaching people like you know you don't have to become a driver you can become a mechanic an engineer or yeah. marketing there's so many different lanes to go and i feel like i definitely want to go more into the educational route now so yeah i think branded work I'm, i've done plenty i'm tired <laughs> i feel like now i just want to work on doing more cool initiatives and projects yeah you definitely stepped into a perfect sport around the f1 world as well there's so many opportunities yeah, and your ideas sure. will definitely be heard because yeah, like <clears throat> you can pitch something cool or come up with something cool and it wouldn't have been done before in the sport yeah. that's what we how i look at it anyway like mm. yeah Hopefully we can get out in the fan zone and do some crazy shit. Hopefully you can get in the garages and film everything going on yeah, behind the scenes yeah. and but get everyone's it's, personalities it's out. I feel like because you, you two came from the background that you do have, like bringing that into the F1 sport has been like great and what's make it so like different because, you know, some people are very like cars, 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 cars. And sometimes I just want to be like, yo, <laughs> let's just bust jokes and like, you know. Mate, it's so true. I, could, I honestly couldn't sit here and like, I am fascinated on TV when they talk about something about the car and I like to know about it. I couldn't sit here and explain like why a rear wing is that thin nah, and why nah, it's nah, that thin nah, nah. and I just oh, wouldn't man. understand. I don't get glued to that. Like 
I'm a I'm a photo person. I in school could never really read books, could never really write. Mm-hmm. Everything for me is photo or video. Yeah. I want to see it. You know what I mean? Like I yeah, but that, I, I, I feel like that's just the way the world's gone, especially like with like Instagram and that, like yeah. really pushing that visual side of it. It's just so so much better. I think it's just easier for people to learn and see stuff. Like you know, I think people have short attention spans now, so I feel like if you can do it in a quick um, thirty second video, people will be easy to get that. Surprisingly, you guys still have like a quarter million listeners, even though it's like an hour. An hour long. Hour long. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't get it. I don't get it. One mm. final quick question before we end this, just after you said that about Instagram. Yeah. What do you think the world would be like right now without Instagram? It would be a healthy like, place. People would be stress-free. I wouldn't be checking my phone every two minutes. Um, a world without Instagram. I feel like Instagram is what you make out of it. Um, I just use it as a tool to promote myself and my um, work. I just yeah. use it more as a portfolio. Sometimes I just don't care. I just post funny videos and stuff. A co- cool way to reach out to friends. I feel like Instagram's created so many opportunities and stuff for people easily to be like accessible and watch stuff. I feel like a world without Instagram would be kind of dead. Like I feel like content would be a bit more, more less short term and more like reason based. If that made sense, yeah, like yeah, people yeah. would actually create stuff to, with a purpose. Back when you know everyone used to make crazy YouTube videos, which they still do. But I feel like Instagram. I can't imagine what about Instagram, you know? Yeah. I forget everything I said, like, it's needed. No, it's no, needed. It's, it's Sometimes so you just true. want to see a quick photo or a quick thing. No, but I hear what you're saying, though, like, how, like, stuff would be, like, more longer-lasting. I think, like, with Instagram, because you can just capture a photo and, bam, stick it up yeah. straight away. Well, it's the same with TikTok. Like, TikTok is slowly killing long-form, but then at the same time, everything happens in circles. So the longer short-form is, like, yeah. so easy to take in. People then, when they find long-form that they love, will actually be more glued mm. to it. That's how I tell people, like, just, like, on social media, just don't care what you post. Like, I feel like you have to post shit work or shit photos and videos because, like, how are you going to learn to do better and stuff? Mm. And people forget about everything in 72 hours. So, like, if you're getting grilled online or, like, you know, someone posts an ugly photo of you or something or something embarrassing, like, just wait 72 hours. People forget. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we need to remember when we're getting grilled. Yeah. 72 hours, just let it blow over. That's the rule. (laughs) <laughs> no, I feel like that's the thing because people forget, like, taking so much time and consideration to one little post that people are going to forget about in six hours. So, yeah, man. Yeah. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the pod, man. We'll have to catch up with Mate, you in yeah, more yeah, races. You know, so, I don't know if I've been chatting shit for the nah, last time. It's been great. <laughs> it's been, real good. It's been it's great been real to good. get. You're the first person we've had on the pod that is also new to this. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone else has got cool stories and that. He is the first person new, isn't it? We haven't had anyone else that's been like new the first to person shit. who's yeah who's like more, mostly like us in terms of like yeah. when you got into it and that so yeah and the way you view it and everything yeah. we share a lot of insights but at the same time you've got a whole different like vision than us so. definitely I feel like I need to start putting you in touch with all the little other new people in this in Bro, the thing. Yeah, yeah please do man please I'll, do. I'll, I'll start becoming a producer for you guys <laughs> <laughs> Ledge, bro See thank you so much for seeing it. coming on we'll catch you out maybe in Austin at our next race yeah man Sweet. if we're out there thank you for having me so. Ledge. Good to meet you, bro. Box, box. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, that is the end of today's episode. Rate it five stars. Click the follow button if you haven't already. This was a bonus episode, so we upload every Monday and Thursday. Other than that, bye. (laughs) Shut up, my dog. Spirit Studios.